Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Alex Avila with Love University, and we're back. I'm an author, psychologist, and speaker. Every week, we talk about how to love ourselves, others in a higher nature, how to improve our finances, career, health, relationships, and spirituality. We've been talking about the series of The Three Secrets of Happiness, a short novelette that talks about a pompous psychiatrist who goes to the mountain to meet a martial arts master, Tanaka. In the process, he lowers his ego and starts to find the higher truths. Last time, we were talking about the first secret of happiness, which is gratitude. To experience joyful appreciation for everything that comes to you from outside you, whether it's from your friends, family, even strangers, maybe you're on the side of the road and someone helps you, or a higher nature, power, or God, or nature. Today we're going to continue with the series of Harry and Tanaka. As we talk about the second secret, the second secret of happiness. I'm so grateful I came to see you here today, teacher. That's the spirit, Harry. Gratitude is wonderful, but it's not enough. We humans need something else to be truly happy. What is that, teacher? asked Harry with increasing curiosity and excitement. He sincerely wanted to know all the secrets of happiness, every single one. Joyful optimism is the answer, said Tanaka. Some call it faith, hope, expectations of a better day. Whatever you call it, joyful optimism is a perfect cure for anxiety, the perfect remedy for those who are afraid of the future. Now Harry was confused. He wanted some clarification. But teacher, when we discuss gratitude, I thought you emphasized the importance of focusing on the now instead of the future. Not exactly, Harry, explained Tanaka patiently. I said gratitude deals with the present. However, the future is always ever-present in the minds of men and women. We must deal with it somehow. But the trouble is that most people deal with the future wrongly. They either become too excited about it, or they fear it, worrying endlessly about what will happen to them. Of course, neither is the correct response. Being overly excited about the future, for example, only sets you up for failure, as you fall under the influence of the universal law of human nature, known as the pendulum principle. What is that, teacher? I'll give you an example offered Tanaka. In my pocket, I have a gold nugget worth $10,000. I would like to give it to you for being my guest today and for listening to the ramblings of an old fogey. How do you feel about that? Are you sure you want to give me that, teacher? replied Harry humbly. The nugget is worth a lot of money. Yes, I'm sure, insisted Tanaka. Here, please take it. You would make me very happy if you did. Tanaka took out a large nugget of shiny gold from his pocket and gave it to Harry. Thank you, I'm very grateful, said Harry, beaming with gratitude after receiving such a valuable gift from his generous teacher. What will you do with this nugget? I insist that you sell it and buy anything you want with it. Well, replied Harry excitedly, I could take my partner Jane on another one of those fantastic cruises we love, a Caribbean delight. Or I could buy my son some of the guitar equipment he's been craving, or... Harry? Yes? It's not real. What? The nugget I just gave you is fool's gold. It's fake. It's not real. It has no value. You son of a... said Harry with rumbling anger coming from the pit of his stomach. Now be careful, warned Tanaka as he pointed his trained hands toward Harry. Would you like another demonstration of my fast reflexes and sharp movements? No thanks, replied Harry quickly, recalling his last martial arts experience with Tanaka. A particularly unpleasant experience he wasn't eager to repeat. Warily he spoke. No disrespect intended, teacher, but you fooled me with the gold nugget. You had me thinking one way that I would get the gold, and then you switched it on me, and then... A light shone in Harry's eyes. He finally got it. 
You were doing this to prove a point, weren't you, teacher? It's the pendulum principle. Correct, Harry. Now you're learning. In fact, you're learning two important points. First, you're discovering how to stop your anger in the moment it occurs. You're executing a stop thought. As a fiery and negative thought attacks you, you stop it right there in its tracks. This gives you more confidence and power to stop negativity the next time it rears its ugly head. Second, you've tapped into what the pendulum principle is all about. The pendulum principle is all about highs and lows, and it works like this. Something exciting happens to you. You get a raise, make some unexpected money, or meet an attractive person. Now you momentarily feel good about yourself. You're excited, animated. You even call this happiness. Guess what? You're now at the top swing of the pendulum. You can do no wrong. You're on top of the world and a million other cliches. But then the pendulum swings down. The raise comes with new responsibilities at work that you don't want. The unexpected money tempts you into spending beyond your means. The attractive person turns out to be a dud. Nothing works out the way you planned. Now you feel disappointed and frustrated. And Harry, here's the worst part. Even if the raise gave you enough money and the date was wonderful, you're still going to experience the pendulum principle at some point. When the high of the thrill wears off, when you come back down to your regular state of being, no matter how nice the prize or circumstance was, you will still inevitably suffer from a certain sense of emptiness that takes over once the initial excitement and thrill vanish. I can see that, realized Harry. Excitement can't sustain itself. I saw how quickly I moved from excitement to anger when I realized the gold nugget wasn't real. Even if the prize turns out good, excitement must always move in the other direction at some point, turning into boredom, disappointment, frustration, and yearning. Exactly, Harry. And guess what? Here's the kicker. What goes up must come down in equal proportion to how high it was. In other words, if you experience an excitement level of plus 99 from the prospect of receiving the gold nugget, then you're going to swing down to a level of negative 99 on the negativity scale suffering from emotions like anger and frustration. When you realize the gold nugget is a fake, it happens every time. Whatever high you get from an external source will eventually result in an equally low level of discomfort and dissatisfaction once the psychological scale shifts in the opposite direction. That explains a lot of my life up to now, said Harry. Even if I get a great result or have a wonderful experience, I often feel empty and let down afterwards. Maybe not at the moment I get that pleasure or acquisition, but definitely later on that night, or that week, or that month. It happens to me all the time. Of course, Harry, that is the pendulum principle, explained Tanaka. It's the inevitable result of false excitement. False excitement? asked Harry. False excitement, Tanaka elaborated further, is not true lasting pleasure, like self-mastery, spiritual love, compassion, and peace. False excitement is a temporary elation brought about by an external result or situation to momentarily call good. It's not necessarily good at a deep level. It disappears good because it's new, it's exciting, it's fresh. Then once the newness, novelty, and excitement wears off, what you have left is the other side of the coin. Craving, disappointment, and despair. How can we get around the pendulum principle, teacher? Simple, replied Sanaka, smiling. He liked it when students asked intelligent questions. First, we need to recognize exactly how the pendulum principle works, the way it jerks us from excitement to emptiness and back again. We need to learn how to refuse the false excitement it offers us when it tries to seduce us with pleasant visions of the future, with false promises, hopes, and expectations. Instead of basing our lives on the flimsy promises of an exciting yet hazy future, we need to ground ourselves on the rock-solid steadiness of the present now, of feeling grateful for the present moment. Being grateful in the now 
keeps us pleasantly occupied with the blessings of the present and prevents us from getting too excited about fantasy images and unrealized possibilities that exist in some nebulous future. Tanaka was warming up now. He continued to enlighten Harry. A second way to defeat the pendulum principle is through joyful optimism, the God-given sense of well-being and contentment that tells us that everything is going to be all right, no matter what. With joyful optimism in our lives, we are certain the future will turn out perfectly fine for us, just the way the universe intended it, without us having to add our own extraneous hopes, expectations, worries, fears, and excitement to the mix. We can relax because the future will come to us. We don't have to go to the future. Harry couldn't help but smile. Teacher, I'm excited about what you're teaching me. I know it's the right type of excitement because I'm learning the smart way to handle life. Tanaka nodded in agreement. I see how the pendulum principle is our enemy, and gratitude and joyful optimism are the friends who can help us defeat the pendulum principle. But earlier, you also talked about another scourge of humanity, fear of the future. Can you elaborate on that, teacher? How does fear trap humans? Shaking his head sadly, Tanaka replied, Fear of the future is humanity's never-ending curse. It dominates the minds of all human beings on earth. It doesn't matter what religion people are, what color skin they have, what country they're from. Human beings all have one thing in common. They're obsessed, preoccupied, and frightened about the future. Always anxious, always worried, as they ask the one question that is constantly burning on their minds. What will happen to me? Harry, you want to know something? The one simple question, what will happen to me, contains the seed for all the worry, all the anxiety, all the fear that lies dormant in human minds. By asking that question, humans unconsciously sense that they are about to lose something valuable in their lives, something that will diminish their sense of self-esteem, their sense of worth. What are humans afraid of losing? Everything imaginable, their health, their looks, their youth, their money, their possessions, their abilities, their way of life, their intelligence, their loved ones, their reputation, even their very lives. They're afraid of losing. Is there anything we can do about that? Asked Harry with true concern in his voice. Is fear our destined inheritance as human beings? Good question, Harry. No, fear is not our final destination as long as we apply the solution known as joyful optimism. Two simple words that pack great power. Can you tell me more about joyful optimism, teacher? Asked Harry. It's very simple, really, said Tanaka. Joyful optimism is the God-given belief, the absolute knowledge, that life will turn out just fine that you will receive the bountifulness the universe has to offer. Think back to what Jesus said in the New Testament. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his glory was dressed like one of these. The message of Jesus was simple, Harry, continued Tanaka. Thinking about your life, worrying about it, won't make you any taller, prettier, richer, or happier. The only thing you have to do right now is stop worrying about your life and realize that God will provide everything. Even the clothes you wear on your back will be provided by God. Everything will work out perfectly fine as long as you believe that it will. Tanaka was just getting started. He could barely contain his own excitement and enthusiasm as he continued sharing the power of optimism with Harry. Joyful optimism is incredible, Harry. It's the absolute cure for whatever ails you. Do you have job troubles, love troubles, or health troubles? No problem. Joyful optimism will get you back on the right track, helping you feel better about yourself, encouraging you to take more of the right actions, 
giving you the willpower and confidence to attract all the truly good things in your life. But I already have joyful optimism, said Harry, with an unconvincing look on his face. I really do. Looking deep within Harry's soul, then I can hear the truth that Harry wasn't admitting to himself. No, Harry, you know that's not true. Joyful optimism is not your daily companion. If it was, you wouldn't be here now looking for the secrets of happiness. You would not need me. You will live your life in joyous optimism every minute of every day, not knowing when or how the blessings will come, but knowing with unconditional certainty that they will come. Knowing it just as you know, I am standing here right now before you at this very moment. Your right teacher said it and abashed Harry. I don't have joyful optimism. I've been fooling myself into thinking I did have it. But how can I get it? You don't have to get it, replied Tanaka. You already have it. Can you explain, teacher? Listen, Harry. Joyful optimism is inside the heart and soul of every living being. It is part of the DNA that God put inside each and every one of us. It's like saying we humans lack a heart, a brain, or a lung. The truth is that we don't lack these essential organs. God gave them to us because we need them to keep us alive. In the same way, our DNA for joyful optimism is what keeps us emotionally alive and healthy in this chaotic and dangerous world of ours. It keeps us absolutely free from the painful and destructive influence of negative people, and it liberates us from our own negative thoughts and feelings. Why then do so few people manifest this joyful optimism in their lives? asked Harry. Because humans are asleep, dreaming they're awake, replied Tanaka with a hint of sadness. They think they're living true and authentic lives when all they're really doing is going through the motions. They sleep, eat, defecate, procreate, work a little, and then start the whole sordid mess all over again the next day. They are robots dreaming they are humans. How can they wake up? asked Harry with intense interest. He wanted to know the answer he needed to know. By listening to the beat of their hearts, the drums of their joy, proclaimed Tanaka with a passionate look in his eyes. By finding and enjoying the true authentic pleasures of life, the small things that bring them natural joy and happiness, communing with nature, spending quality time with family and good friends, playing with animals and children, making love while being in love, meditating, praying, and connecting with God, creating, laughing, and loving. Whatever gives them natural and authentic pleasure is a key to that joy, to that perpetual optimism and openness they had when they were children. Yes, Harry, children are the truest, purest expression of joyful optimism. Children, God bless them, haven't yet been spoiled by the conformity, falsehood, hatred, and fear of much of society. They still hope, they still dream, they still believe. That is the spirit of childhood, fun, authentic, true, natural, and full of joyful optimism. Teacher, I've heard all of this before, said Harry with a sudden tone of cynicism. Yes, I know, children are supposed to be happy, joyful, playful, blah, 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 but I don't buy it. My own childhood was terrible. My parents were jerks. Today's society would call them abusive. And I didn't have much fun growing up. I always felt like a mini-adult, having to take too much responsibility for my younger siblings. I can hardly remember any good times. It was a terrible childhood. I wasn't joyful optimistic. Listen carefully, Harry corrected Tanaka. I didn't say childhood is always wonderful. I said the spirit of a child is fun, authentic, true, natural, and full of joyful optimism. Unfortunately, parents and other grown-ups often mess it up for children. Many parents bring their own personal neurosis, their fears, resentments, addictions, and superstitions into the role as parents. Instead of giving their children abundant love with reasonable limits, these misguided parents give their children their own negativity, their fears, doubts, and pains. An insidious pattern now emerges. Addictive parents raise addictive children. Cold and abusive parents raise cold and abusive children. 
cycle continues for generations with no end in sight. Fortunately, the self-destructive cycle can be reversed into a positive pattern. Parents can also help create a positive influence of love, growth, and success in their children. For example, enlightened parents, those who are dedicated to improving themselves psychologically and spiritually, don't let their personal traumas and painful pasts affect their children. Instead, they prepare a safe and beautiful emotional place for their children to grow and develop openness, truthfulness, security, love, and above all, joyful optimism. Remember, Harry, when I said that humans are asleep thinking they're awake? That's very true. And the sad part is that if you tell humans they're asleep or deluded, they will deny it with all of their hearts, and they will even become angry with you for telling them. Why is that, teacher? Harry was eager to know. Because only awakened human beings realize they have been dreaming. People don't know they're in a dream state until they wake up. Many deluded human beings dream themselves into believing they are actually quite happy and successful, when the reality is that they're deeply miserable inside. Although they may not yet realize it, they've lost the happiness, spark, and intuitive genius of the childhood spirit. It's gone for them. Harry started to think deeply. He was starting to see the truth. Yes, you're right. Many of my patients lack that amazing childhood spirit, and I must admit, I like it too. Harry suddenly had a thought, a slim ray of hope. But I know that optimism is there, somewhere deep inside of me. Please tell me, is there a way for me to recapture the joyful optimism of the childhood spirit? Is it possible for me still? Tanaka was pensive and spoke slowly, making sure Harry understood exactly what he needed to do. Yes, you can recapture joyful optimism, Harry. It doesn't matter if you've had a wonderfully joyous childhood or a lousy, painful one. Right now, at this very moment, you can implant the joy of the childhood spirit in your mind. Try this exercise. See yourself as a small child again. Imagine yourself with the same face, hands, feet, and body you had when you were little. Now imagine that you're going to fill that child's heart, your heart, with joy unimaginable. Think of all of the enthusiasm, love, playfulness, and spontaneity you have observed and experienced in the world. And imagine that the child, this you, has all the wonder, passion, and spontaneity in his heart. Right at this very moment. See yourself as this child smiling, laughing, running, and playing. Drinking from the intoxicating nectar of an unlimited and beautiful future. That is you right now, Harry. The child in you, you in the child. Harry, believe me when I tell you this. The more you imagine this happy and joyous child within you, the more positive changes you will see in your own life. Your smile will grow wider, your laughter will be more sincere and intoxicating, your mind will be more clear, gentle, and innocent. And one day, Harry, it will all come together for you. On that momentous occasion, you will rejoice because joyful optimism has entered your heart fully and it will stay with you for the rest of your life. To love your students, today we have learned the second secret of happiness, joyful optimism. Looking toward the future with a sense of hope, positive expectation, and joy. And the important part about this is to think that optimism comes from the root of the word optimus, which means to expect the best. So no matter what situation you're in right now, whether you might be suffering and pain, or maybe you're doing okay, average, you want to do better, there's always a possibility for that light at the end of the tunnel, for that shining opportunity to improve, to grow, and to be the best you can possibly be. So love your Russia students, if you want to comment on today's show, if you have a show idea, if you want to be on a future show, you can write to us at loveuniversitylove at gmail.com, visit us at loveuniversity.love, call us at 310-226-8090. You can also download the podcast on Podbean, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram 
at Love University Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Love Letter U Podcast. So, Love University students, it's time now to go out this week and live with joyful optimism, to expect the best in your world on a daily basis, and to give love to others, to yourself and the higher nature. So put away your notebooks, your iPads, your phones. Love University students. Dr. Avila, class is now dismissed. <laughs>